Hello everyone, my name is Alena and welcome to my podcast Dear Russians After All, which is meant to crush out if not many, then at least some of the stereotypes and multiple prejudices regarding us Russians. Since February 24th, I couldn't help myself but kept thinking about how much I wanted to make this quite an old podcast idea of mine, see the reality, and finally come out with a series of talks with people who I know pretty well. Or who I don't, we'll see about that. People who are so much in love, in love with Russia, with the Russian people, with the Russian culture, or something else Russian they'd love to share out of. short, it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest of Dear Russians, an American girl from New York City who has been the resident of Moscow for the last few years. Hello, Beatrice. Yes, uh, Aliona, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Can you please say, first of all, a few words about yourself? And briefly, before we start unveiling elements of it, say a few words on how you personally feel connected to Russia. So I came to Moscow five years ago. To work for international school in Moscow. So I'm a teacher, I've made many friends here, and I obviously have a lot of experiences living in Moscow, participating in life in this great city. I have a lot of connections here. Over five years, yeah, I've had, I've traveled a lot outside of Moscow and developed many friendships and relationships here. Thank you so much. Of course, I have many more questions coming up for you to discover these details of your experience for over these five years, which seems to be quite a long period of time. And obviously, from what I can imagine, you've been through many different stages in your relationships to Russia, to Russian people, to Russian culture, and so on and so forth. But first of all, can you please remember the very first day, maybe the very first even few moments when you landed? And can you please recall this moment or the day or half of the day in as many details as possible? Yeah, so when I first arrived in Moscow, it was a shock for me because everything is written in Cyrillic. So I felt very nervous. You know, I remember taking the metro for the first time, felt like I was being very brave and taking a risk and overcoming my fear because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to read my metro station and find my way. And I found that it was difficult with the language. And so I also remember going to Gorky Park with my colleagues for the first time. And just having lived in New York, Moscow felt a little bit like New York because it's a very big city. But the one thing I did notice was that everything was Russian and a lot of people, obviously most people are Russian in Moscow. So I didn't see the diversity that I saw in New York. That was a change for me. But other than diversity, I would say it was a lot like New York City. It's a big city. And I'm interested in finding out how much do you in general learn about Russia or Russian culture growing up as an American child? Well, I think unfortunately maybe living in the USA there's a negative sentiment towards Russia since the Cold War and also my mother's generation, you know, she actually came to Russia when it was Soviet. She did a trip trip here. And so those are her only memories of Russia that she kind of shared with me. So she has a negative view, which, you know, she was very sad when I said I was moving to Russia. And most Americans, when I told them I was moving here, 
were surprised and they were asking why I would want to live here. So when I came to Moscow, I was pleasantly surprised by how beautiful the city is and how safe I felt and how clean and how many, you know, there was stores that I recognized and even a few restaurants. So it really wasn't as different and scary as I thought it would be. In this regard, I'm wondering whether a lot of your friends or maybe even relatives told you after you already moved to Russia that they changed their perspective or they changed their views on Russia or on something Russian. Yeah, definitely. I received some positive comments on my initial posts when I first moved here. Um, people really enjoyed seeing my photos of Moscow and how I really liked life here. So that's something that contributed, I think, to people being more open-minded about how a foreigner can live in Moscow and have a great life. What do you think are the main similarities between our two nationalities, Russians and Americans? That's a good question. I think America and Russia does have more in common than they care to admit, probably. I mean, there's, you know, pride for, there's a, pa a patriotism there, there's a pride in the military, there's, yeah, like a nationalistic kind of pride, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What else can I say? You know, I would agree 100% yeah. because that's what I think is really such a striking similarity that also I discovered when I was in the US that mm -hmm. from the point of view of this national pride, I didn't see any other nationality in the world which would be so similar to Russians like Americans um, in, that, in this particular sense. I would say Russians, maybe they're just a bit more reserved at first and then within their own friendship circle, they would be more speaking up more but I think in public maybe not as much so so basically it's about this famous cliche of uh, Russians being cold uh, on the yeah. surface to an well, I think it's true yeah. you know it's uh, I wouldn't say that when I came to Moscow I mean it was hard for me because yeah there the smiling is not as free as in the United States where people maybe have you know this fake kind of friendliness whether it's good or bad I can't say can be good in some instances and can be not so good in others but that doesn't really exist here where there's like a friendliness that's superficial i would say that doesn't exist in from what i see mm -hmm. in russian culture the friendliness comes over time do you find this more as a positive thing or as something that might not allow you to get closer to some people when you would love to i don't think it's positive because uh it can feel a little bit cold when mm -hmm, you're here mm -hmm. you know even when I, you know, I spent some time in Istanbul, mm -hmm. I felt like very welcomed in Istanbul, but I think they're just more used to having maybe more tourists mm -hmm. there. And St. Petersburg also feels a little bit more friendly because, mm -hmm. because they have more tourists and they also um, are maybe more willing to speak English. Whereas in Moscow, unless you stay around the Red Square area, you might not have as much English. So I don't feel the warmth as much. In Moscow, it could be because there are less foreign tourists. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I just Saint Petersburg is used to having, I think, more more foreigners. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. But um, it made me think. Do you know about what? It made me think that Saint Petersburg might have a lot of tourists, but as a tourist, unlike as an expat, which you are, yes. you don't get the same exposure to the culture. So you are 
now talking to me on the Russian culture, not just as a tourist, not yeah. with this perspective of a tourist. And still you see this uh, difference between Moscow and St. Petersburg, which is, of course, maybe a separate uh, topic of, <laughs> yeah. for the conversation. Yeah. But yeah, of course, I understand what you mean in regards to being cold and uh, being used to tourists. It's come a long way since I've been here and probably before I was here. So yeah, my recent experiences in restaurants, I mean, the restaurant scene in Moscow is booming. There are some great restaurants here and they are really making an effort. So there's this generation of Russians, I think, who, who are very, they are global and they want to have these amazing restaurants in Moscow and they have achieved that. So the service is excellent. Yeah, they are more friendly, I would say. Um, and the customer service is really good, um, I would say. Recently, that's, that's been my experience. Well, that's really pleasant to hear. <laughs> <laughs> what is something that maybe still freaks you out in a funny way, maybe in a, yeah, in a funny, positive way, despite the fact that you experienced this so many times, whether it's a bus ride experience or whether it's one of the habits or prejudices? Well, I mean... Maybe sometimes there's a crowd mentality, maybe like people are maybe not lining up a certain way. I've gotten used to now, but... Yeah, don't, don't even mention Russians have no idea how to queue. Okay. And this yeah. is uh, honestly it's so <laughs> ridiculous that we are okay. suffering from okay. this, we admit this, but yet yes. <laughs> it feels like it runs in our blood, yes. not knowing how to queue and even like rejecting this queuing rules, okay. <laughs> which just uh, creates additional problems for our, our own selves. And you know, I used to think that COVID improved the situation a little bit to an extent, but no, no, <laughs> I don't think it did. Okay, speaking of funny things and experiences, can you share if you've ever been in trouble with Russian authorities? I mean, any encounter? with police in the streets. Have you ever had this? Yes, I have. Can you share? <laughs> I can. Um, I'll carefully share. I went to a region of Russia called Vladikavkaz, and I didn't know at the time that it was a disputed territory, I believe. And so I checked into the hotel with an American passport with my Russian partner, and the authorities came to the hotel and they wanted to meet me and they wanted to check. Anyway, They turned out to be very nice, very nice, uh, but I felt nervous. But they said to me, we just wanted to check that it was you, we just wanted to check your passport, we've never had an American come here before, mm -hmm. and so that was just one situation that I felt a bit nervous, nervous and didn't know what to expect, but in the end they wished me a wonderful stay and they just left. Interesting, okay. <laughs> But there was nothing suspicious that came out of the situation later on or anything like this. So the hotel provided you with the registration and everything was okay? Possibly the hotel might have gotten into trouble for something they did, mm. but it was not our responsibility and our mm -hmm, fault. Mm -hmm. So Okay, well, that's, that's curious to know. Mm. Well, we've kind of briefly touched upon this already, but what were the main uh, stereotypes that you had, again, as an American who have never traveled to Russia before that didn't come out to be true. Maybe the most obvious ones, of course, when you traveled here and you discovered that, oh, this is not true at all. Stereotype that didn't turn out to be true. It's difficult to say. I do eat a lot of borscht. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Well, many. And 
smetana. So I think the stereotypes about food might be true because I would love to talk to you on food a little bit later as I'm well. I'm trying to think um, stereotypes. It's not like all Russians are cold and don't smile. I have met Russians who smile and are funny and warm. So there are different people. Um, but I'm talking more about personalities and things like this, something that you only got to discover by meeting certain people and by meeting Russian people. So I don't know, maybe you thought that all women uh, were yes. dressed up in a certain way or something, yes. and then you arrive here and you realize that we all wear the same Nike shoes and like well, everyone else in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a stereotype of tall, beautiful Russian women, but like, there are women of all shapes and sizes and beauty of all different forms so i think that's one thing you, you see know. we're very inclusive as a country <laughs> but there are also a lot of tall women so some of these stereotypes are true and there's warm weather here too it's not winter all year the winters can be quite dark but there's also sunshine and christmas time is so vibrant and so i think the city of moscow does a really wonderful job of making christmas winter fun for people it's not all dark and everything is not just a soviet architecture there's also you know beautiful buildings and history and historical buildings that we we never really see i think inside mm -hmm. of russia uh, do you have a favorite holiday by the yeah, way yeah <laughs> actually i didn't know before moving to russia that um, the new year was the bigger holiday, so it's really nice to celebrate the new year, Novi God, and to have that be the big celebration as opposed to, you know, Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. um, so the Orthodox calendar, that was a really nice, that's probably one of my favorite holidays. Did you stay here for over New Year's holidays? Um... Because of COVID, yeah. Because mm -hmm. of COVID, I did one year, and I'm so glad I did. I've watched the movie many times. <laughs> which one? Which one? Oh, wow. Yeah, and now it's a tradition for me oh, to watch it. so lovely. Yeah. Uh, and I love like the salad. I love shuba pod shuboy. Did you learn how to cook it yourself? I haven't made it myself, but I really enjoy it. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I like all the different salads and dishes. It was really nice. So from what you sound, it seems like <laughs> you've been exposed to some really family type of experience yeah. or a family type of spending holidays in Russia, yeah. which leads me a bit to the next question of mine, uh -huh. whether you've ever been in a relationship with a Russian. Yes. I have. I'm very familiar, I think, with this. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And the reason why I ask, of course, is because I truly believe that being in a relationship with a representative of a culture that you live in currently mm -hmm. provides you with a completely another myriad of emotions. Maybe if you can share a little bit on something that you get to discover with the help of your mm -hmm. partner. Yeah, it's wonderful. I agree. Being in a relationship with a person, a local person, really opens up a whole new window to the culture. It's very unique and I'm so grateful for that uh, opportunity. And so, yeah, for example, some of the traditions, you know, a Russian uh, man likes to buy flowers for his, <laughs> his girlfriend, <laughs> yeah, his love. And so I remember saying to my partner that we could go together and buy some flowers. It's Pio, it was Peony, and he said, what do you mean you want to go with me so that I can buy you some flowers? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's fine. And he said, no, I'm, I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to go without you and then bring you the flowers. <laughs> and I said, well, I can wait on the corner if you want, and then you can go across the street and buy them. And he just said, no, I'm not comfortable with that. I, really? I yeah. would prefer that you wait at home and then I will offer you the flowers. And so... <laughs> little things like that you know the chivalry removing the code i think is also very nice and then some language you know fun little language barriers or 
stories between us. But yeah, it's it's definitely a good way to get to know the culture and to really understand more. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned this gentleman's bits, let's <laughs> call them. So do you see this in general in most men? Maybe they're talking to your Russian female friends or just watching it in the streets. Or would you say this in general, that Russian men are this stereotypical men that you see, again, in the movies somewhere? Or do you see that young generations, for example, are completely different and not like this? I don't know. I don't know about younger generations, but I know know I know that uh, it's not really a stereotype I do think quite a few Russian men do those things like buy some flowers or you know put on the woman's coat or be the man who takes care I know that's part of the culture is it something that attracts you in Russian culture ah uh, for me yeah for me I, I really enjoy it yeah I, it, it, I fit nicely into that into that role I, and so even though I'm quite independent and have my own feminist ideas mm -hmm. I still like the whole being taken care of the chivalry stereotypes again maybe there's some new stereotypes or maybe some new generalizations that you acquired during your time here you didn't know before and now you might say that oh this is definitely russian like oh doing this is definitely russian is there something you discovered or well, you learned i have been drinking a lot more tea since i've been living here ah. so yeah i love tea so i have a lot of different teas at home now and I never used to drink tea before I moved hot to Russia. Hot tea, you mean? Yes, hot, hot tea. tea yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the herbal teas. Mm -hmm. And so I really like making a cup of tea just to be it, you know, if we're leaving an apartment and going somewhere else, we'll have a cup of tea mm -hmm. just on the way out. Or when we first arrive somewhere, let's have a cup of tea. Or if you're feeling a bit stressed, like let's just have a nice cup of tea. So I think that's a tradition that I've adopted. Like, you didn't know, or maybe you didn't know so much about it. Yeah, and I've just grown to really enjoy that. And then, you know, this whole stereotype of drinking vodka. <laughs> I mean... Oh, so obviously you started drinking every, vodka as well. Not everybody drinks vodka, but I, I started... On a daily basis. Yeah, I started to have um, this salo, this like, you know, this... A fat. Yes, no, so. <laughs> you want to talk about food at some point. Yeah. But like, I can see how it would go well with vodka and pickles and all of this. Obviously, you had some family experience uh, during the New Year season, so yeah. I'm sure you tried some. I love it. It's yeah. a great food to have in the winter, yeah. To keep you warm. Yeah. Well, let's then keep talking and keep developing a foodie conversation. And I know how much you love food and I know how much you love exploring different restaurants. Did you get really into the scene of Russian cooking at some point? Yes, I started to make borscht. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love borscht. Yeah, so I became quite good at making it, I think. I have my method now. <laughs> my method? Oh my God, that's so I know you're supposed to boil the meat for a very long time mm -hmm. because after, you know, four or five hours, it becomes very tender. Yeah. And so... I never cook borscht in my life. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. And I've made borscht, like, by hand, by grating the... Beets. Yeah, the beets. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and then I've also used a food processor to do it. But I think it's better to do it by hand. I think just think it tastes better. And so, you know, I have my vinegar and my borscht and yeah, so I, I, I like to cook it. 
What else have I cooked? Uh, what were the other weird uh, dishes, maybe even salads? Because you know how uh, random can be salad combinations in Russia. I love them. Yeah, I like these random salads, but I haven't made them myself. Yeah. But, but you tried many of I those, like, I'm sure. Yeah, I like this mimosa salad mm-hmm. um, with the boiled eggs, potatoes. Which they say is originally French, by the way. Did you know this? There's Olivier. Olivier, yeah, but French, I have French. no idea what yeah, Olivier is. It's not French, but mm-hmm. I like those. Yeah, I like the salads, yeah. I'm sure you do have some favorite cafes or restaurants here in Moscow to go to. And I won't even be surprised if you say that one of them is not Russian, but something like Georgian or Uzbeki mm-hmm. or something. Georgian. I yeah, think they yeah. have great Georgian restaurants here. But I did recently go to White Rabbit with a with a friend, and I love this restaurant, White Rabbit. It's Russian cuisine, but it's very high and fancy and beautiful, and I just love it. Yeah. Yeah, White Rabbit. But is there a, are is some wonderful restaurants. I mean, I saw a photo of Pavilion. I love like all the restaurants. I love exploring new restaurants, and there's always a new restaurant opening yeah it's impossible to cover all of them like i say even if you go for three meals a day to yeah. a new restaurant every time you still won't have enough time to visit all of the newly it's opened so ones. fun yeah. yeah so fun mm. and you also from what i know live in such a great neighborhood mm-hmm. where they keep opening up new places all the time mm-hmm. and experimenting with the cuisine yeah how much of an involvement was into all this gastronomic scene due to your russian partner because it's very conventional in the russian family in the Russian culture for a woman to cook mm. so hey, can you say that a lot of your cooking experience in particular was due to you being in a relationship or not necessarily no I think it was due to being in a relationship absolutely because I wanted to cook for him and for us and it was nice to share food and I wanted to show how how much I appreciate his culture and how his culture became a part of me and so I wanted to feel, you know, proud and it was a form of showing love and affection. Definitely, that's why I learned to cook borscht. I mean, I wouldn't have done it, I think, without a partner, (laughs) maybe, you know. But I also, you know, gave some borscht to my security guard, who who (laughs) is a friend as well, like somebody I know, you know, so... Trying to oh, be like funny. part of the community, you know. <laughs> did you take out the, the whole pot? No, I put you... it in a container. <laughs> okay, with some container. Bread and some smetana for him. Oh, yeah, so sweet, so yeah. sweet. Yeah. So, and he said it was delicious, so I felt very proud. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you did great. I'm sure you did great with your abortion experiments. Do you think there is anything, whether it's a small habit or a custom or more fundamental as a value that you'll never understand in Russian, that you'll never maybe relate kind of? Well, I have noticed also because my partner was born during the Soviet period until he was about, you know, eight or nine years old, then things changed in the country. So I noticed there's a nostalgia for the Soviet Mm. time. This is something that I don't understand, I can't relate to, because even though it might have been a difficult time for some, there's also a nostalgia for how the good moments were during that time as well. And so, uh, to me, that's something I don't understand. Uh, interesting. And was nostalgia more related to day-to-day Monday things? Or was yeah. it more in terms of like philosophical idea of socialism or something like this? No, so, more like mundane, mm-hmm. like little things like just remember going to factory from eight to five or something no no no, (laughs) like for example it's interesting there was a mission there was like a place where you could get water where you would just take a cup physical water yeah Yeah, things like that or maybe like some chocolate or some small toy or some 
moved film, like some, you know, animated show yeah. or something. And you heard about this from your partner because the way he expressed this was very nostalgic? Yeah, he wanted to share that experience with me. He wanted to share some chocolate with me. Like we went to, you know, the factory maybe where they make it and mm-hmm. then we went to the store. And so, or he would tell me a story about how things were. Or, you know, when we talk about the problems in the world right now with like recycling and all, and all of these things, he would say how like, well, during the Soviet time, actually, you know, we didn't have plastic until this time. And so we were actually mm-hmm. good for the environment. So just like making some positive light about certain things. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems to be very far from the reality or the childhood that you were growing up in. Yeah, like all the different classes that they had for children, the art and the dance and the education that was provided. Well, yeah, that's curious to hear. Maybe there is something else, maybe some precise details, some tiny things that you want to say, because I know you're living, unfortunately, shortly, Mm -hmm. for an unknown period of time. You're living in Moscow. And uh, maybe you'd love us, Russians, to pay attention to something that you know that we don't pay attention to on a daily basis. What would that be? I don't know. I mean, it's a very complicated situation, obviously. Um, yeah, there's ob- there are a lot of things to be proud of. You know, I went to Bartak yesterday evening. And so I love, you know, this culture of the theater and of the arts and this appreciation for it and these um, I've also been to some wonderful museum exhibits and so yeah Russia can continue to be very proud of unique appreciation for the arts that maybe I don't see necessarily in other cultures young children go to museums young children go to ballets you know boys will go is it something that you really don't see on a larger scale in the US, you would say? No, I wouldn't even say like a young boy, you know, adolescent boy would go with his friend to the ballet. Mm. I don't think that's very common. But in Moscow, from what I've seen, everybody will go. Anybody will go to the, if they can obviously afford it. And so, yeah, there's a great appreciation for the arts. That's very valuable to hear because we know art is a great part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, since the very young age. But sometimes we take it all for granted and we don't really appreciate what's around us, whether it's a classical music performance that parents drag us to at the age of five. And that's the last thing we're ever interested in, of course. And I remember all this long evening of sitting and listening to classical music but now as an adult I understand how much it influenced me and how much it created this whole cultural environment I was growing up that's something to be really appreciated about thank you so much you're welcome for just sharing this bits on how you're related and how you view us Russians and how you've become a part of Russian culture after all for such an extended period of time and um, all I can say is that you're always welcome in Moscow. You are always awaited mm-hmm. for here. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll be back. So, yeah, I'm really happy that I've lived here for five years. Unique perspective on everything. Yeah, And I'm hoping you'll become somewhat an ambassador when you're now back <laughs> to New York City where you live. Even becoming an ambassador on this daily small scale in your neighborhood in cooking borscht and then giving it to your neighbor, to your American neighbor who have no idea what borscht is. And we're not going to go into politics because some people will argue here that borscht is not really Russian. Uh That's true. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. I would Um, be happy to. Well, thank you so much, Beatrice. It was my pleasure Uh talking to you. And Uh um, I'm sure we'll see you again in Moscow at some point.
this is pretty much it. My name is Alena and I would love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding the topics for the next episodes of Dear Russians. If you're a Russian speaker, you could also listen to the previous episode where I talked to a girl from Istanbul on her life in Moscow and many parallels between our two nationalities. Please share this out and leave your likes and comments on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox or any other platform. Have a wonderful week and stay tuned for Dear Russians after all.